podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Fucking yeah. hell. It's episode seven, people, below the belt. We're back. Look at us back within, like, a couple of weeks of the last one. I know, how efficient. It's nice. Very efficient, indeed. Yeah. We told you we changed. We did it. We deliver. We do. So, I just want to say, uh, I'm Alex from Bristol, hosting in the absence of Flav and Mark. Hopefully, they'll be back with us uh, at some point. some point and soon. With me, I have T. Yep. What's up? Cow. Hello. And just free man. Free man pod this week. Free man in our secret location. <laughs> yeah, we've got a different Parts location. Yeah, it's... Uh... <laughs> Parts unknown. I just saw Cactus Jack earlier on. <laughs> <laughs> so, big up, we're in... Uh, we're in Cow's room, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with lots of boxing memorabilia all around us, old ring magazines, yeah. all sorts of photos. It's a nice place to record. It's nice. Yeah. That's my favourite piece there, the signed Mayweather glove. Oh, it is a bit of a Mayweather loving in here, it's yeah. Probably, but... It's probably snide, but oh well. There you go. We'll let you off. So, look, thanks everyone for downloading the last episode. Again, really nice response. It's been great yeah. listening to the last poll. We really appreciate it. It's on iTunes, SoundCloud. So, we're on Twitter at below the belt underscore. Facebook page is uh, facebook.com forward slash B2B pod. Get involved with us on there. The more interaction, the better. So, let's just get straight into it then. It was a, it was a big weekend. Uh-huh. Carl Frampton. Yes. Big news. Oh, big so news. Cool. And I do not have. He's the I only was, one who called it. I was the only one that called it. it. I, I said, was the only one that called it. I said Frampton would nick it. I thought, um, I thought he his control of distance and, and range would would play a real part. Um, yeah, look, we'll, we'll go into the details of it a bit more. But look, Cal, you, you start us off. What? Uh, tell us what your initial thoughts were and, and how you reacted after I, I the result. Thought, I thought I thought he started really well. That was the thing that really done it. He, he started, came out really well. Like you said, judgment of range, used his feet really well. Um, and what Frampton spoke about afterwards was, I'm going to hit him with big shots. I hit him with big shots early on, and that's exactly what he did. He hit, he hurt Santa Cruz quite early. He hurt him in the second round, and he just used his feet really well. Middle rounds, he didn't so much, and he kind of let himself trade a bit. That um, seventh round almost didn't take it off, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did allow himself to trade with Santa Cruz a bit, but his feet were exceptional. Mm. I know I'm always banging on about feet, and Flab's always fucking going on at me about it, but his feet I were I think that fight, that fight showed feet more than anything else, yeah. because um, he just stood... It was very exact in the, the spot where he stood, and there's in a spot where Cruz couldn't really load up and hit him with any real clean shots. And for the first six rounds, he completely baffled um, Santa Cruz. Um, but no, it was... Um, it was a fantastic performance, one that I lived for the ages. And um, I'd never seen Santa Cruz fight before. I've heard a lot about him, but I'd never seen him fight before. That's why I didn't really commit to a prediction before before the fight. But um, And I've, and um, someone not a million miles away from me spoiled the result. So I watched <laughs> I the fight. I didn't, I didn't spoil fuck all. So I, I, I watched like the that. fight knowing who won. So it's hard to really be objective knowing... <laughs> I, I, just, I want to put this out there, right? So we obviously have our WhatsApp group... The people that didn't watch it through the night, 
were, look, you don't go on Twitter, blow the belt of been tweeted about it, so no one's going to go on Twitter. I tweeted something, knowing that T wouldn't be looking on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Flav checked an account, uh, the, the, the other podcast that we do, he had to check that account, which I'm on, didn't expect to see any boxing news, saw it. So that was my bad. But then he posted it in our boxing <laughs> WhatsApp group and fucked it for T. And as Cal said, I, sh- I shat on... You yeah. shat for his letterbox, Flav burned his <laughs> It was horrific. So did it dull the enjoyment for you a bit? Well, it's hard for me to really talk about objectively because, as I said, um, I mean, I thought that Santa Cruz... I thought Santa Cruz, I think between round nine... I think nine and twelve, there's the last four rounds. Mm. He won at least three of those for me. And that's what made me think it would be a bit close. And when you see that, then you know that Frampton's going to win is a bit. Yeah. But, um, but no, I think I was a bit worried about Frampton. I thought, you know, this twelfth round is a really big round. And I thought that Santa Cruz scraped that round... Mm. But I still thought Frampton might have done enough, but then on a way to... Who, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, um, f- from my point of view, it was... I mean, it was compelling. I've watched it four times. It was... <laughs> it's just... It was ridiculous. I think what won it... I think what the difference between the two fighters were for me were... I think Carl wasn't coming back in straight lines. He, he, he came yeah. back, he took step backs in angles, lovely those sweeping left hooks, take a little step to the side, take a couple steps back and... And, and but Santa Cruz did go back in straight lines. Yeah. The one or two times that Frampton did did do that, and you could see where Santa Cruz has, almost, has got that favourite combination: jab, jab, right, right hand. Mm-hmm. And and he took some big shots. Frampton he did take some big shots, but there were a couple of turning not turning points, but um, main events in, in the fight. The second round, we let him let him know his power. He'd hit him yeah, he and stumbled back. And I think if it hadn't been for the ropes, he, he may have ended up going on his ass. Yeah. Um, but again, I just felt I felt that he would be able to control the distance well. His engine, I thought, would be better. And I heard I heard um, I heard uh, Barry McQuiggan say to uh, say in an interview that, that he was, you know, I mean, I know he's part of the team, but he was a thousand percent positive that that Frampton was gonna was gonna pull this off. And he said that he's got a box when Santa Cruz wants to fight, and he's got a fight when Santa Cruz wants to box. And he, that's what exactly what he did. And I was loved it. A little yelp at the, when the results were made out. A little. Whoop! But uh, yeah, it was it was great. I think um, <clears throat> before the fight, I mean, Shevin Cooking has got um, he's got Groves and he's got Hay, and he's a bit of an unknown quantity. We didn't really know much about him, but I think that fight cemented him as having a very good, amazing boxing brain. Because mm. as we talked about with the feet, the game plan worked perfectly, and you got to give credit to Shane McGuigan for that. I think Santa Cruz's team probably saw Frampton's previous appearance in America. With, with a soft, with a soft ring, and he got knocked down a couple of times. They probably thought, well, this would be an easy night's work, and it was anything, anything but that. And you see him coming to the ring, all smiles, reminding me of Pacquiao, all smiles, jumping yeah. about. You know, and I don't, I don't think he would have underestimated Frampton, but I think, um, I think he he was very, very confident in himself. And the American press, and you read some of the stuff before of what they were writing about Frampton, and then afterwards, yeah. you can see that you know he's he's turned up there and. and Raise a lot of eyebrows out there, and you know, fighting on that East Coast now is going to be—it's going to be money for him now. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, he wouldn't have what he earned for that one. I heard he earned three hundred thousand pounds, about five hundred thousand dollars for that fight. So you know, the payday's now for him. You know, and and speaking of which, I mean, <coughs> what what do you think's next for for Frampton in terms of where he goes from here? It's now? difficult to say because he's had two two big wins in a row mm. against unbeaten champions. Well, I don't know if called quicker champion, but there you go. So. He may want a gimme. He may want an easy fight to end the year, to see the year out. Possibly a homecoming fight. Yeah, possibly. Um, I think Selby is probably the obvious fight yeah. for him. Um, Selby, um, I'm not sure if you're... Then, as I said, with the New York thing, he might go back to America and fight Gary Russell, for example. So I th- 
Yeah, I think I think you I think you're probably right. I think there's um, I think a homecoming is needed. Um, you know, imagine if you could get Frampton Selby to in in Bel yeah. uh, in Belfast. I mean, that would that issue, would be great. But... The issue with the homecoming is that you want it in the summer. Yeah. So it can have an open... Okay. Have a, have a, you look at Selby, Selby's fought twice in 15 months with yeah. no injuries. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get on to the Warrington-Selby thing. But Selby hasn't really fought, you know, he's going to want to give me because he hasn't been very active. <clears> he's <throat> not going to want to go from being inactive to fighting someone like Frampton. Yeah. Um, but that, for me, that's the natural fight. You, you can have it over here, you can put it, possibly put it on box office. I like to think that's a box office fight. Eddie Hearn said that the numbers for the quick fight weren't massive yeah um, which I, I, you know what I said beforehand massive surprise is it no I said beforehand I didn't think it'd be massive because traditionally super bantams bantam weights they're yeah. not money um, so I'd like to see Selby next or, or probably Gary Russell to be honest just got a thing for the green belt well, who would have ever thought that um Frampton would be the one giving Rigondo the middle finger and he wouldn't get any grief for it. Because yeah. Yeah. Rigondo's been on Twitter saying, oh, you know, I'm the world champion, I'll beat Santa Cruz and Frampton. But we're like, well, I'm a massive Rigo fanboy. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, well, he could tell you to fuck off and he'd be well within his rights to do so because it'd be, it'd be an awful fight. And you won't get paid well for it either. I feel they've been honest about, you know, the McGuigans have been honest about the, um, have been honest about the, the, the Rigo thing from, from the start. So, it's you know that will will come that that will come and that that issue will will come to that as well. We got a question to that effect. Okay. About, about Rigo and Frampton, I'll put it on the back. Oh yeah. Um, so what Mike? So Mike Phillips at Mike Phillips fifty. So should Frampton be expected to fight or should he, should he be allowed to have a few to uh, fight Rigo? To fight Rigo. Sorry, to fight Rigo. Oh right. Okay. No, actually, I've missed the word. Actually. Oh right. Oh okay. Um, the vital word in yeah, the sentence. The vital word, yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> Is he expected to fight Rigo? Not really. I think no. after his last two fights, he's allowed a gimme. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, the fact that Rigondo fights in a nice rink against Chazza Dickens... Mm. And doesn't do numbers. Yeah, I think... I mean, who needs him? I mean, it was, a joy to, it was still a joy to watch him, though. Oh, it? it was... Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I love about Rigo, very quickly, oh, man, is that that right hand is it's like, it's like in concrete. It does yeah. not move at all mm. until he goes to break someone's jaw. <laughs> it, was, it was great. He came out against Chazza Dickens with intent. He was coming yeah. to yeah. knock him out. So, neither of you have said about Santa Cruz rematch. I, I think um, I can see why he'd want a rematch, but I don't think Frampton wants to fight too many more times. I think maybe he'll. He's not. I'm like, how old is Frampton? Is he about 28, 27? 29, I think. Mm. Yeah, he so. He said the other night, didn't he? And it, there seems to be a bit of conjecture about. Um, Santa Cruz seems to think he has a rematch clause. Baron McGuigan saying there is no rematch clause. Yeah. It doesn't really seem to be a definite whether there is one or not. But forget, I mean, would you want to see that fight next? No, because no. Frampton's gone no, to No, I think I would. I bet if that could get... Bought, I mean, it needs... That's the, what you're saying about kind of stadium fight type thing, you, you're right, because it would, it would be big, but which means we'd have to wait. But it's, it's, I, I would. I mean, I loved, I loved that fight. I love it. It was a really good fight, but I'm looking at it like, okay, he's gone to America, he's got the win. For me, it was a, you know, it was a conclusive win. Not many people were saying Santa Cruz won, really, are they? Yeah, no. I was retweeting from the Below the Belt account, and no one was saying that Santa Cruz won. He's got a conclusive win. Why does he need to fight him again? Well, on that point, then, in terms of the <coughs> scores, he said that no one really, you, you didn't see anyone that really said Santa Cruz went, I didn't really, I saw a couple maybe that, that he nicked it. And I must admit, when they were reading the, the scores before they announced Frampton, I was like, oh God, has he been screwed here or, mm. or whatever? Mm. What did you think of the scoring? I thought the scoring was pretty, pretty diabolical in terms of the distance. Mm. I think, was it 116? 116, 112 twice and 117, 111. 
a couple of guys at boxing. There's one draw. Yeah, there's one draw. It was a draw. One fourteen, one fourteen. Was yeah. it? Sorry, I could Co- say it'd have been one draw, one sixteen, one twelve, one seventy one. Like, yeah, so yeah. that's the six round margin. One sixteen, one twelve isn't diabolical. A couple of guys from from some of the other boxing publications had it at, at one seventeen, one eleven. Uh, but yeah, I, I think you're right. I've, I had it. I had Frampton by by two rounds. Yeah. So like, yeah. yeah. I think two or three at the most. I mm. think yeah. um, having him up by six rounds is a bit. And I it's think, you, yeah, if you can have if you have something that tight, I think if it had gone one round or two rounds the other way, probably couldn't have, have complained even maybe. But yeah, I mean, look, the scores were a little bit all over the shop, but but it is what it was. And you know, Frampton becomes the first Northern Ireland to to be a two weight world champion. Incredible. So, Incredible uh, him, and he's an outstanding candidate for Fire of the Year as we speak right now. Pound for pound, number one in the UK. Definitely, definitely. Mm, he's at least top three. Absolutely. I know Fury's a bit of a joke figure, and obviously he's not fought since that I great night. I would have Fury above him, yeah. But I think, I think beating Klitschko probably trumps beating Santa Cruz for me. I agree. I totally get what you're saying. I just, I cannot do heavyweights in pound for pound. It just does something that doesn't wash with me. I don't. It's not something I do. Okay, yeah. fair enough. We'll let you off. So, so that was so we talked Frampton, Santa Cruz, and I think we'll have. Uh, I'm sure there'll be other things to come on to that as well. But Sky had a show earlier in the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Warrington versus Highland show, so we're not we're not going to go too much into it. No. So you know, let's we, we'll talk about a couple of the, the main results. Let's. I want to talk about um, I want to talk about Nurse Coil first of all. That's okay. the first one that came on came on TV. A good fight, entertainment oh. value. Yeah. As Tommy Cole does, I'm not a massive <coughs> fan of it yeah. personally, but but he does he does bring value and and it was and it was an entertaining fight. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, that was the fight I was looking forward to. Yeah. Uh, I was because I like Tyrone Nurse. I think he's wicked. So for that to just open the show, I was like, wicked. Here we go. Yeah, Tyrone Nurse. Coyle started really well, and he came at he came at him to to get rid of him mm. and to put the pressure on him because Nurse tends to start quite slow. He tends to take his time working his way into fights. So Coyle really put it on him. Yeah. But Nurse. As it went on, it took him a while. It took him about four or five rounds, but the middle rounds, he completely dominated him and he hurt hurt Coyle quite a few times with body shots and upstairs as well, and he marked him up so much as well. I think Nurse really wanted to make a statement. I think his last fight for Willie LeMond, mm-hmm. that was the last fight, mm-hmm. and he, was, he wasn't great in that fight. He was all right, and I think he probably wanted to put a stamp on it saying, you know, that I'm one of the top boys at my weight. Yeah. Um, as for um, Coyle, I couldn't call him Owen Coyle for a second. Uh, <laughs> as, as for Coyle... Um, I'd love to see him get beat up. <laughs> I think with Coyle, he's, just, he's a bit of a chancer. I think he had that fight with uh, Matthews, and Matthews sparked him. Yeah. And since because he's, he's entertaining, he's, he's earned these semi-big fights. I mean, Luke Campbell, um, I think he's fought Crawler, hasn't he? Cassidus. Yeah, Cassidus, that's it. So, so he's, he's had these big fights, and I think... Um, I mean, I'm surprised to see him at 140. I don't yeah. see what he... Offers there. It's just, just um, you know, he, he blocks punches with his face. I don't see what he's got to offer yeah. to the division. I completely agree with you. Yeah. Uh, and I thought I must admit, but when when he got that kind of flash knockdown, uh, and, he, and he put Tyrone down, I was thinking. I, I still, I'm still very confident as, as I tweeted yeah. at the time that I, the Nurse would come through it and, and come through it pretty confidently at the end. Um, and I think you saw at the end of it. I think Eddie Hearn tweeted, uh, "Yeah, well done to Tyrone Nurse." Um, I had, I had, <laughs> I had. Um, Coyle nicking it by by two rounds, and the response was 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 Venomous. vitriolic. It was, and I mean, how anyone had had that covered up was 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 beyond me. But no, it was it was a great fight. I don't I don't I think that's probably I, don't, I was going to say that's the last we'll see of Tommy Coyle. Maybe I don't know, but well, I mean, up, he was let's... gutted afterwards. And I think you know, as much as you can think what you like about him as a fighter, but you no know, one he puts his 
heart and heart, yeah. wears his heart on his sleeve. And he's, he's, he's an opponent now, though. Yes, you know, have exactly. To, yeah. He'll have to deal with that. He's, he's an opponent. Yeah. You know, 140, it's, you know, what you, Going to, fight at to be fair, it's not. I mean, 140 is in a deep division as 135 is, and you've got Crawler and Flanagan, I think you've got Cardle down, Cardle down there as well. Uh, a rematch with Derry Matthews would be pretty decent. Yeah. But yeah. Derry Matthews would be Frank Warren now, so that's not really happening. Yeah, that's true, and there'll be there'll be bits and pieces to go around there. So, I mean, whilst we're, meant, whilst we're on Nurse and Coral, I'm going to talk about the crowd um, that we're at the Sky Show, that Leeds crowd. So, Sky have kind of dined out a little bit on that <coughs> Leeds crowd. I think it's the sixth time now they've gone back to for, for a lead show with with Josh Warrington. So there was a lot of stand up if you hate Man U, yeah. and a lot of I had a lot of people there. So one of my, um, my one of my trainers uh, at my gym was fighting um, on the undercard against Sam Egerton, got stopped in the first round, but got in there, got uh, like actually got in there, yeah. So um, but he had a lot of people that went with him, and they, they actually left after the white. Um, Allen fight because things were kicking off in the crowd and it was just it was he said it was more like it was more like the end of a you know extra time at a football match you know full of full of Leeds fans yeah, yeah. you know look and that's you can have your own opinions about that but yeah. um, what do we think in terms of you know there was a lot of booing as well between the Nurse Corps fight which is why I wanted to bring it up now even though when the decision was announced even though Nurse kind of won it I think Where's fairly Huddersfield yeah, yeah that's your so it's Yorkshire so. sorry on my job for you it's yeah terrible. so um, I mean, is that the type of, you know, what's that crowd like for boxing? Is that something that we that we should well, try and embrace or I try think and involve? It's not so much. I mean, it's not so much whether you embrace it or don't embrace it. I think yeah. from Eddie Hearn's point of view, he wants a fighter who can sell tickets, and Warrington sells tickets, um, Bulioni sells tickets, Masha Dodd sells tickets, mm-hmm. and even no matter how scummy their fans are, if they sell tickets. They'll always get fights on on his shows. That's just how it goes. So. Um, that's I think, make their money yeah, the and I think from that to that end, I think Warrington will continue to appear on on his shows. Um, do I, I think I don't know if we're going to see football star police in that boxing. I can't see it. We're going to segregate Warrington fans from everyone else. I can't see it myself. No, but um, it's hard. It's difficult to say how I feel about it because um, you know, we like, like to see a bit of passion in the crowd. Yeah. But then you don't want to see people getting hurt. No, I think <laughs> at the same for, time. for me, I think it's you know if if people are there to go. I think what what was said to me as well, which I which I which I kind of which I agreed with was, you know, there's a lot of people there that go to watch the boxing, yeah. and I think there was it's spoiled by some that weren't there to watch the boxing. They were there to probably have a scrap themselves at some point. Is the feeling that they got from and, and some of the evidence that they saw. You know, we saw on Frank's card a few weeks ago the lights had to come on because of the because of the, the trouble in the crowd. And I think it's always going to happen, and you know, look, that's 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 part of part and parcel of the game. I think sometimes, but it's uh, it was just something interesting that I thought yeah, was it's no, different I, with that lead show than there is for other other. I think that's it, isn't it? I, I'm one of them people, one boring bastard. I, I'll just sit there and just watch, yeah. and and I just want to watch it. And my experience at being a boring bastard at matchroom shows, especially, is. It's loads of people there, there to have a dance, and they're getting up and down, going to the concourse every five minutes, and that's fine. You've paid your money, you do what you want to do. But I can understand why people might find that a little bit annoying. Where, you know, it's really hard to get tickets to matchroom shows these days. You know, we were trying to. What big shows? We've got a question, you know, about um, how long would you wait in, in an online queue for a Triple G against Brook tickets? Well, <laughs> I was in the queue for about an hour. I don't know about you boys, but I was in for about an yeah. hour. You know, it's really hard to get tickets, and then when you watch it on a TV, you just seeing people having a dance and not doing, you know, having a sing, and it's like, oh, really it's difficult. We don't want to sing like we're criticizing yeah, anyone yeah, going yeah, to shows, yeah. paying their money and going to shows. Saying, absolutely, yeah. but it's, 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 still, it's, still it's, it's still a casual versus hardcore thing. I think um, Eddie Hearn wants to make boxing corporate. Yeah, he's doing just that. 
and um, you know, do you want people who are going to spend money, but you just want people who's going to go there and you know have their scorecard written in a little notebook yeah, and exactly, yeah. you know and laminated sheets and all that bollocks. And, and to be fair, having been to uh, what was it, Eubank, uh, Bank Junior against Chudinov, or mm. Chudinov at the O2, they only did the lower tier, and that was about a third fall, and that's a depressing sight. Yeah. So. It's finding it's trying to find there's that a middle balance. ground to there's be found. There's a middle ground, it? isn't it? It's like, it, and it is, you know, the, the Joshua I went to, the, to, you know, a Joshua fight, the atmosphere is really good. It was good. Yeah. It's like you say, it's finding that middle ground. So, one, I don't think we really need to talk about White and Allen, do we? Oh, that was the worst. Oh, it was horrible. Dillian White against Derek Chisora is going to be horrific. I, yeah, I, I really don't want to see that fight. Yeah, I've, I've, I've changed my view. I really wanted to see the fight, and now I don't want to see him fight again. I don't think, uh, yeah. Look, I, I don't think we really we talk massively no, about what no. Alan. I wanna, I, what I do want to talk about on the Sky Show is is Andy Clark and Glenn yeah, McGorry yeah, yeah. on, on his commentary team. So obviously with Jim Watts' uh, retirement and um, and obviously Dick Hallin uh, seems, seems to have moved on. Yeah. So what do we think of of Andy Clark? Me personally, I was big fan. I thought he was great. I thought he was really, really great. Not afraid to mention a few Box Nation. Fighters, yeah. tell it how it is, go into a few stories, a few tangents. Really enjoy it. What do you think? Yeah, I really liked it because um, the fight, the, the Coyle fight, they t- he, he kind of went in depth on the on the lightweight division. He spoke a lot about the lightweight division. He spoke about Terry Flanagan, like you just said. Yeah. And he spoke about um, Barthelemy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was good, was wasn't like, it? was like, this geezer knows his onions. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then during the Dillian White fight, he started talking about Fury. And, he, you know, he, he was like, go on. And he, he's, it's... I've always felt, you know, watching Sky, that they don't do enough to, you know, they want new viewers, and that's wicked, we want new viewers. Educate them. Teach them about the history, teach them about boxing, and, you know, about the important things in boxing. And Andy Clark took a little step towards doing that on Saturday, I thought. I think with the lack of ringside on Sky, I think the commentators have an even bigger role than, than before. That's a good point, yeah. Because ringside had the stuff that they couldn't, they didn't have time to really say and cover. You know, they used to do like um, when they used to preview fights, it'd be in a little boxing ring, and they'd say, "You stand there, all stand there, and do all that." And I, I know it's a bit tacky, but things like that to kind of help. You know, people don't know much about boxing, learn about you know where to plant your feet and all the rest of it. So I think the commentators have got an extra responsibility to to drop the knowledge. Absolutely. Yeah. What about Glenn McCrory? Not for me. Really. See, when you look at it though, and, and it's, it's you, you go back and watch some of the old, some some of the the older fights. Um, you know, so what, what was it? Kawasaki against um, Mitchell. Uh, Mitchell yeah, you know, and, and you hear, and he's actually really good in those like the thing. I think I think he goes in. I think fits and spurts. I think uh, my issue is my issue with Sky and with the commentary, right? Is I think we we know that Sky are going to push their fighters. We get yeah, that. Yeah. That makes sense, right? But. Also, particularly when it shows where what they would call a trade show, for example, where what some of the small shows, and they still just there's almost a reluctance to not a reluctance, almost a refusal to mention fighters that aren't in the Sky Stable, and just push that agenda a bit too hard for me sometimes. But um, I, I actually I quite like Glenn McCrory. I think he was all right. The only thing that he kind of annoyed me, and I was doing the tweeting from the you know BTV account on the night. Um, Andy Clark made reference to Tyrone Nurse being a, a sparring partner and, and falling into a sparring partner mentality. Glenn McCrory took that line and must have mentioned it five, six times throughout the night. He's like, well, that's a good line. I'm going to have that. Yeah. And then just said it. said it throughout various <laughs> fights. Throughout various <clears throat> fights. Like, oh, come on, say something else. That to was be, the only thing. To be fair, Dave Allen has sparred pretty much everyone. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. probably why he said it. <laughs> so, one other thing I wanted to talk about as well, whilst we're finishing up on, on Matchroom and, and Sky... I want to talk about this Matchroom and StubHub connection. 
right? Yeah, it's dodgy as fuck, man. Okay, so this is this is <clears throat> the, the explanation that gets given from Eddie Hearn is is this essentially. So they give StubHub a, a very small, in inverted commas, this is his words, a very small allocation of face value tickets, right? Mm-hmm. That go to StubHub, which mm-hmm. StubHub then sell. He's saying that then people um, who buy who then buy a ticket then go on and they're, and they're trying their luck. And he'll sit there and talk to Coogan and give him every analogy about about buying Apple for 50p and selling it for £2. Or, you know, if you have a ticket and someone and you really want to go to that Brooke Golovkin fight, you've got your ticket, you're happy, you spent your 150 quid, but someone turns around to you and says, here's free grand, you're, you're going to take it. This is, this, is, this is his reasoning, and I, and I don't doubt he's probably, he's probably not wrong. What my issue is, and I, I don't know whether you agree, my problem is that... I think it's fairly evident that there is those tickets are going on to or onto Fight Pass or onto other whatever sales platform that you want to want to discuss and are being bought by touts who now no longer have to leave the house to be able to have a, a fistful of tickets and then they're on StubHub and, and other uh, secondary markets for for ridiculous prices. That that's that's my issue. It doesn't seem that <coughs> that, that Matchroom get that, or well, they obviously understand and know what's happening, but they're choosing. To ignore that that point. Well, that's the issue with. I mean, Carl mentioned that people want to be at these events to be seen, not towards the bottom, but to be seen. Uh-huh. And as a result, <clears throat> it adds value to the tickets. So if you get a good seat, you can send us to some cunt from Tawi or whatever the fuck. Hmm. So people are prepared to spend more money now than maybe in years gone by. And I think the relationship with StubHub sits uneasily because it kind of benefits people who kind of crave to be near Gemma Collins or. You know, or whoever, just to be near them. Yeah. So it's about saying you're there instead, <coughs> yeah. of, instead of actually being there and witnessing it. And we want, we all wanted to see Golovkin over here. I mean, it's a yeah. that's that, that's the selling point for the event for me to see to see Golovkin in the in the flesh. Mm-hmm. And we got denied that. I mean, I'm not going to lie; I'm a bit bitter about it. And yeah. I think that it, it needs to be reevaluated. The relationship with StubHub for me, I can see, I can see why they want to have that 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 avenue of, of side of things. So they. On the smaller shows, again, what, I said, what you're saying on the smaller shows is it helps sell out the, the smaller shows going through that avenue where they don't get put on for 1,500 quid or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. I think the main issue for me is that people are not buying those tickets or there's a selection of people that are not buying those tickets to go to the event. They're, they're using it as a business. Um, there's other forms of platforms and, and software that you can use to be able to go on and be buying these types of things. Yeah. Look, Matchroom's growth has been huge. Yeah. Right, so this is why they're using people like Ticket Factory and 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 that type of thing. But by by having StubHub there, StubHub, StubHub there, <laughs> I think it makes it, it it almost becomes a little bit hypocritical in in yeah. what they in what they're trying to do. I think I think Matchroom overall have been good for boxing. You know, they're, they're selling out arenas, and that's great. They're on Sky. Um, Eddie Hearn made a really good point about Sky the other day, where he said, "Look, they've been here all the way." You know, when it was in the doldrums in the early two thousands, and it was all leisure centres and all that and it's still is leisure centres now and that's wicked um, so they've done a lot of good for the sport but the thing with StubHub it just speaks to a more of a bigger problem <coughs> we have in this country with secondary ticket markets we have it with football we have it with other things as well it's something that not just boxing needs to be looked at overall you yeah. know? for me it would just be okay you're not allowed to resell them until two weeks before the event something like that mm-hmm. just because at the minute, people are just snapping them up quickly and they're getting them straight on there. Or a cap, maybe, of, of some type a of cap, 20% profit or just yeah. something like that. Because at the minute, it's just ridiculous. It's, yeah. it's people buying them just to sell them. And it's, it, I feel like tea. I, I do feel a bit bitter about it. Yeah. Because I remember on the last pod you said, or it might have been in conversation, hmm. you said about, 
I don't, you know, it's Golovkin, it's going to be more hardcores there. Mm. We can see it's not going to be, is it? Yeah. It's a fashionable, fashionable show to go. It's a fashionable show to and go. I don't, I don't have an issue with, with people going, do you know what, I'll, I'll, that wants to go to, yeah, to no, the big absolutely. shows. I, I, I get that. And you can't be saying, why, well, you know, do you, do you listen to boxing podcasts? Do you read, do you go on BoxRec? All right, you can have a ticket then. You, you're never going to be able to yeah, do that, yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? And that, and that shouldn't be a gauge of, of, no one can gauge what a casual and what a hardcore fan is anyway, in my opinion. But it's, it just sits uneasy, and I know with, with Matrim, they have such influence in terms of Eddie Hearn's legions, yeah. uh, as, as it's called in other places, that, that they can sell this and, and put a, an, an excuse by it, and people, and people buy it, and they shouldn't. I mean, buy the excuse. Buy the yeah, tickets. Nah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so like I said, we'll, uh, we'll take a quick break, and we'll come back to you in a sec. Welcome back, second half of Below the Belt. So... We're going to start the second half with a question, actually. Uh, so, at Ben Salby 23 big contributor on, uh, yeah, on Twitter right. and all the social media. Yeah. He knows we exist. Yeah. <laughs> Bless his heart. So, with a lack of... He said, Ben asked, with a lack of fights scheduled for August, do we recommend any personal favourite fights to, to watch back over the summer? Uh, I'm going to say the fight that I have seen the most ever, and it's uh, Lewis Rackman 2. Uh, nice. Was well, so, expecting that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So Lewis, growing up, but like I said in the very first pod we did, it was my favourite fighter growing up, um, and he lost the he lost the title to Rackman in South Africa, um, and obviously was devastated. Uh, and then he had to go through the courts with Don King because Don King was trying to deny him the rematch and yeah. everything. And then he eventually got his 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 rematch with Rackman. Uh, I think it was in Vegas. I think it was at the Thomas and Mack Center. Um, and yeah, and he washed. Well, actually, you know, you know, I shouldn't say. I shouldn't say what happened, just in case people haven't seen it. But okay. Lennox was in supreme form. Yeah, right? yeah, I'd say that one. Mine would be. Sorry, Tim, are you going to go? No, I've, I've got a load of obvious ones. But you go first. Mine's probably fairly obvious for me, anyway. Uh, it grows Foch. Foch grows one, yeah, because Why? I can't. Because I can't. What I love. What what fights I love are ones. That, I mean, I don't. I hate that fight because of because of what happened. And it's. I'll watch it and I'm angry at the end of it. I'm wound up. I can feel my blood pressure going. Uh, and then I sit and every time I watch the the interview where where Froch just had the most ridiculous verbal diarrhea I've ever seen. Um, but it, but it was. You know that fight was was entertainment. It was it was dramatic. It was uh, it was everything that you'd ask. Uh, in those types of things, apart from apart from the result, which you know, and funnily enough, as much as I don't have a huge amount of personal love for for Carl Froch, his fights were you know the the Kessler one, uh, but in fact both Kessler fights were still something that entertained me this day. Anything with Nazin, to be honest, it's like again I could sit and watch for hours. So mine are fairly obvious, but I like I like fights that make me feel something at, at the end of it, not just not just necessarily amazing technically. Oh, I that night, I was up till three in the morning tweeting. Up. <laughs> three in the morning, well, it probably finished about twelve. I was like, oh, fuck. I, was, I hated him, but I did admire Frotch at the same time because yeah. he is—he was always in shape. Yeah, he, he lived like a champion, and he came back, and he probably—he probably would have stopped him anyway. As much as it fucking pains mm. me to say it, he probably would have got. The to more him I watch it, the more I think that now, it which is a bit depressing. A terrible stoppage at the yeah. time, but. When Groves when Groves put him down, I I remember it vividly. Sat sat we just moved into our new house and we were in we were sat on like boxes watching it around. Sky had been installed that day and just sat on like old boxes watching it. And when Groves put him down, I went, He's done it! I he said he'd do it and he did it <laughs> It was, I, was oh, I loved it. I was driving in my car down the A forty and I listened to it on the radio. <laughs> 
I've only got not done. I must fucking scrubbed off the road. <laughs> Do you know I can imagine? <laughs> like, what the- the- <laughs> We've seen that bit. I've seen that video online of a guy with his driving his kid to school and yeah. his kids eating cereal and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Buster Rhymes goes, yeah, 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 yeah. He just goes mental. I can imagine you doing that, Danny. I was like, what the fuck? But um, my favourite fights. I'm a bit disappointed. I haven't got any hipster fights to mind. I don't know, like, don't know, like maybe Roberto Duran, De Hazel, or anything like that. Nothing there are some like obvious that, ones, but- you know, but. The obvious, the obvious ones I've got. I mean, Haggle of Your Hands, just for entertainment. Got to watch that. Um, and there's stuff you should. There's there things that you should watch, and there's yeah, yeah, things. Yeah, that I you think there know. are certain fights that you, if you, if you really want to get into your boxing, you should ha- watch. And Haggle Leonard, because mm. everyone has an opinion on it. I think it's so split. People are like, oh, Haggle definitely won, or Leonard definitely yeah. won, and I think that's definitely an essential. The thing with these fights, though, is that. Before you watch them, I would suggest do a bit of background on the fight. So, you bang beat v Ben the first one. Mm-hmm. If you are going to watch it for the first time, <coughs> go on Wikipedia, go and you know just Google as much information as you can about both fights before that fight, and you'll understand why the fight was the way it was. You know, Eubank split his tongue in round four. You know, Ben just Ben. I think um, I think a couple of years earlier he'd lost to Michael Watson for the first time in his entire career. And he punched himself out, and I think it was a bit more economical in the work he did. But because he, on the, at, at the time, there were same day weigh-ins, I believe, and um, and because of the same day weigh-in, he really did. I think he was wearing one of those like kind of sweatsuits to kind of get him down to the weight. Right, right. And I think in the later stages, it kind of showed that he was kind of worn down. So little things like that. If you find out little things like that before the fight, you probably enjoy that a bit more. So you bent Ben the first one, Hagler Hearns. I've, I've said. Um, I think Tyson v Holyfield, the first one. Mm. And also read up on that as well. Yeah. Because Tyson v Holyfield is a fight that should have been made in 1990, but he lost to Buster Douglas, so there's all that history there. So that's, a, that's another good fight to watch. There's a um, cool ESPN documentary. Yeah. There is a bit. Yeah. I watched yeah. it. It was, it was on a few weeks ago. Um, uh, I just wanted to say one. Uh, I've got... Mayweather? No, 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 no. Right. Um, the Mayweather Canelo is one I've watched the most. Okay. Um, but... Um, I've watched that Mayweather Hatton one at least three or four times. Yeah, it was on I the other I don't know why, week. yeah. Um, well, I do know why, but yeah. A few years ago, there was there was all these all these dodgy websites where you could buy DVDs, boxing DVDs. Where are you going with this? Oh, right, box boxing, sets, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You could buy all these little things. You can't really get them anymore because you can download everything now. But I bought the Ring Magazine collection. So it was the Ring Magazine fight of the year every year from like 1967 to oh, 2007 nice. right. or something. And what I, what I would do is every lunchtime at work, I'd watch a fight. And one that stands out in my mind is Gatti Ivan Robinson. That was fucking mm. stellar. And I'm going to go... Do you know what? It's my shame. I haven't watched that. Yeah. I'm going to go opposite from T. Don't look it up. Just watch it raw. Yeah. Just watch it organic. Fucking amazing. I was going to ask, what boxing documentaries would you recommend? Because you, mm. you're, you're a bit of a doyen of boxing documentaries, so... Uh, I suppose... So uh, Jack Johnson's story, obviously, is one that, that's, that's quite... probably one of my favourites. It's based on a book called Unforgivable Blackness. Um, the, the documentary is the same by the same name it's made by PBS right. uh, as a channel PBS America it's like my fucking favourite channel in the world all I do is watch boxing my football team and watch PBS right. that's my life um, but that, that talks a lot about Jack Johnson's life how he came up he was he was Ali before Ali yeah. knew he was Ali you know he was I am my own man 
you, no one will tell me what to do. So I admire him so much, and he's probably one of my top five. Where can people five. where where can people find that? You can get it on you can get it on online retailers, Amazon. You can get it on you, know, you can watch it. It's probably on PBS. You can watch it on a channel which is Channel Five Three Four okay. on Sky, or you can get the DVD, or you can probably find a download. Actually, it's on quite, YouTube. It's on YouTube. It is on YouTube. It's definitely yeah. on YouTube. Okay. PBS. Surely everything's channel. on YouTube. These yes, days. it's definitely on YouTube. That's a good one. Uh, there's a there's uh, ESPN Sports Century documentaries, and they just talk about old fighters like Sugar Ray Robinson. Ali, uh, the, the Ali series of ESPN documentaries. So we uh, the, and the, why I know that's so good. I mean, it, it's long and it's 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 separated into bits, and you can find certain bits of, of areas that you're more interested in, perhaps. But um, we went to the Muhammad Ali um, exhibition. exhibition at the O2, and uh, and we I actually picked up the, the DVD box set of that as, as you did too as well, and it was uh, it is fascinating. There's a lot. Some of it is a little bit long-winded at times but yeah. but the inter- the interesting stuff and the dramatic stuff is all there so and again on ESPN you should be able to find that I'll somewhere on YouTube as well. Right as well sorry uh, Facing Alley so yes it's that Larry, Holmes? Yeah. Larry Holmes is on it um, Henry Cooper's on it uh, everybody's on it anyone you can think of that he faced is on it and so what they do is they talk a little bit about the, the people that he fought They'll cover them, then they'll talk about the fight. They'll talk about it afterwards, and they move on to the next one. It's such a good. It's going to enjoy the Henry Cooper one on the on that yes on the on the the um, face alley, and they talk about Henry Cooper's uh, Icelandic features. Yeah, because of how he cut <laughs> Icelandic eyebrows yeah. and stuff. It's comedy gold. Some of I it. love listening to him speak. His voice. There's just something about it. Yeah. All right, so let's move on. So we've got Andre Ward versus Alexander Brand. Meh. Yeah, very very big meh about that one. Um, <laughs> Clearly, this is building towards the super fight between Ward and Kovalev later on this year. Um, Brand, we don't know a lot about him. We've had a quick look on Box Rec, and his only defeat was to Badu Jack. Was that a light heavy? I think that would have been super middle. Yeah. yeah. So, we don't know much about it. I think Ward looking to get rounded and try a few different things out. I think we spoke about the Chalemba fight in the previous pod, yeah, did, yeah. and I think Ward will see stuff in there that it can explore, because Ward is probably a lot more awkward than, than Chalemba, so... Maybe he'll try some of those things out of E-Brand, but as to the fight itself, I don't think any of us three are expecting much from no. the fight. Is it even being televised over here? I don't know if it's been announced. It. Yeah, yeah, so I may record it just for posterity, but... Yeah. But in terms, of, in terms of preparation then, Cal, yeah. you know, we've seen Kovalev take on a very durable Chalemba who, yeah. who put up a, a decent show. Yeah. Um, Kovalev wasn't that his, uh, his yeah. sparkling, which you can... Which, as, as we mentioned last time, it's, you, you can get that when you're you're in the fight before the fight. Yeah. Yeah. But for Ward's preparation, it's Alexander Brand. Do you think there's a bit of a mismatch in terms of the type of prep that Ward's getting instead um, of Kovalev? Does that make any difference? You think? Um, as I've, I've said on previous pods, that I do fancy Kovalev to beat Ward. Um, but I don't, this fight isn't a reason for that. I, I don't really. I kind of get it from Ward's perspective. It's just about rounds. It's just about, like T said, it's just about practicing things. It's about getting paid as well. They'll sell out the Oracle Arena and he'll get paid for it. I, it's fulfilling his contract as well. Getting a lot of money for this fight. Isn't it? Yeah. It's getting to, I mean, as you'd expect, but for, for, for where he is and who he's with. But it's uh, it's a fair. So we're saying that we're not expecting you know, Brand to, to do Too anything. Much, yeah. Are we expecting to see maybe a bit of a stuttering performance from Ward like we saw from Kovalev, the fight before the fight type of thing, or do you I, think he'll be a bit more? I think Ward is someone who's very mentally strong, very focused. But someone like Ward isn't someone who blows people out. He's someone who always feels his way into the fight. So. Even if it doesn't look at his best, I think it will be very much uh, very very deliberate in how he how he fights. Um, 
one thing that's actually just occurred to me, unrelated to Ward or Kovalev yeah. or any of them, is that Cleverly's got a title fight, hasn't he? Yeah, against oh, Bremer. Against the other champion, Jürgen Bremer. Yeah. So this has actually been, that fight has actually been mooted for, for quite a while, yeah. and it's taken yeah. a long time to, to get made, but... Um, what, what do we think about that, very quickly? What, what I do you love think? Cleverly. I'm yeah. a huge Cleverly fan. I saw him win the European title at Wembley. It was one of the first boxing matches I'd ever been to. So I'm a huge Cleverly fan. Uh, the Barbudini fight, the Polish guy, I've totally forgot his name, Von Farah. Yeah. He, he had a really good fight with Von Farah. Oh, I thought he was going to win that at one so point. So did I. Yeah. He, he started really well. Um, you know, I really like Cleverly. I think he's got a good chance against Brain. I don't really... No, yeah, I don't, I don't think get Bramer at all. I don't see what the fuss is about at all with him. I think he's been champion for ages, though, isn't he? Regular, regular yeah. title. When he hasn't, you know, he beat Enzo. It's probably the, the Sky. Have, Sky have given him a little push as well since yeah. since um, Matchroom and um, and the Sowlands did a little bit of co-promoter to put on a few more um, of, the, of those types of shows, particularly when Abraham was 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 champ as well yeah. to try and to try and push that. They gave Bramer a couple of little fights. I remember them them pushing it a little bit hard that, that he was going to be on a couple of fights. So it'd be yeah. interesting to see. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I like Clevy. I, I, I give him a, a decent chance in this yeah, fight. I don't, I don't like him at all. Why? I don't know why. I think <laughs> I think um, Enzo Kazagi trained a whole bunch of fighters. Among them was Cleverly a while back, I believe. Right, yeah. yeah. And I just think from that, I think it stems from that. Even the Macronelli, like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> and the thing is, Macronelli is actually a really nice guy. He sees tweets, yeah. he talks about, you know, yeah. playing out of his son and all the rest of it. But Clever, like, oh, you can't punch this, fuck off. But <laughs> this would be this would be a good fight for him, I think. Um, when he fought, when he fought Bellew, I think I don't think his heart was in it in the rematch. Really, that, that, it's a very strange performance. Yeah. That felt like a cash out to me. Yeah, because he had no right being a cruiserweight. It yeah. was stupid him going there. He never struggled, really struggled to make light heavy. He started mm. out well to weight for France. Yeah. For him to go up the cruiser for me just never made any sense. And it just felt like a cash grab almost. I hate to say that, but it almost. And the fact that he never threw a right hand in that fight, yeah. it was. He said, didn't say of any moaning about any injuries afterwards. It was, yeah, it was. It was. He was a I was really disappointed heavy, in that. Yeah. I mean, the fight itself was awful, as we know, but yeah. it was. It was. I was really disappointed in that. But no, I, I think it gives him a good chance. So. So we've got Cleverly's got that shot. We saw Adonis Stevenson beat Thomas Williams Jr. by by knockout on Friday. Fun, you know? yeah, that was fun. fun. I've got to be honest, I haven't seen it. I must admit. So I'll have to hand that over to you two to kind of talk us through what you William, thought about Williams that. Williams came to fight. <laughs> he did, yeah. yeah. He came to fight. It was, a throw, it was a proper shootout. I think Adonis dropped him early, didn't he? He hit him on yeah. the side of the head. Uh, Williams ducked down. He hit him on the side of the head and dropped him. Right. He was in the first round. But then Williams came back and landed some lovely shots on Stevenson. And credit to Stevenson, he took him as well. And we've seen Thomas Williams. He knocked out Edwin Rodriguez, who's a sturdy, pretty decent fighter. Mm. Um, he knocked him out in his last fight. So, you know, he's no can, Williams. And, and he, Stevenson took some shots off him. Um, but as it kind of went on, Stevenson's class started to tell him. Yeah, he? yeah, I mean, as a devastating knockout. But Stevenson was pretty easy to hit. Yeah. And um, I guess the, the name bubbling under at light heavy is, is Joe Smith. Yes. At DB, he knocked out Von Farah in a round. Yes. And I think he's the one that they're kind of talking about. And I reckon I could see Stevenson maybe looking to fight him, seeing as Kovalev and Ward are tied up fighting. Yeah, each so other. that's my next point. So what's next? What's next, do you think? For Stevenson's becoming the king of the mandatories. Yeah. He, you know, I, I think Williams might have been a mandatory. He's got another mandatory coming up. Uh, and then I think Joe Smith is fighting an eliminator as well. Yeah. So I think he's just becoming king of the mandatories and just fighting mandatory after mandatory and getting paid really well to do it. And that's a shame, really, because yeah. because I think at the end of it, when you go back and look at, at when it comes to the end of the day with with Stevenson, it would be interesting how people look back at 
because he's the lineal champion, yeah. so he should have some sort of legacy. Exactly. Some sort of gravitas. But it doesn't, yeah. it, but he doesn't feel like that, does it? No, so. no. no. He, you know, he, he beat Chad Dawson. I'm a huge Chad Dawson fan. Oh, yeah. saying yeah. that, well, I fucking love well, him. Um, and then he beat Tavoris Cloudwood, which was yes. a win. And since he went to Showtime, he, he left the HBO and went to Showtime and has just lost all ambition. And it's funny because I really like him against Kovalev in that fight. I think if that fight would have happened, it probably won't now. I really like Stevenson's chances because Kovalev isn't hard to hit either. Yeah. And, I, and Stevenson can punch. He can really punch, and I think he'd have a great chance against Kovalev. What about Stevenson and Ward? It's odd because I picked Kovalev to beat Ward, but I beat, beat, picked Ward to beat Stevenson. That kind of makes Style. sense. Yeah. I, think, I think Ward's too smart for him. Yeah. I mean, I think Stevenson's boxing is underrated. Um, when he beat. Um, when he beat Dawson, I was bitter, but I thought he was a bit of a banger. <laughs> bitter. <laughs> but I think he showed in the, in the cloud fight and a couple of fights after that. He can actually box a bit as well. But I think Ward is probably one of the best pure boxers in, in boxing right. of any weight. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, a couple of other things that are, that are coming up, and, you know, August is a bit barren, isn't it? So we're going to look a bit further forward. So we've got uh, Liam Smith, obviously, against Canelo. For Smith's WBO title, yeah, they're, they're, being, they're, being, they're being promoing that all week in, in London, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. I think um, Liam Smith scored a field goal, didn't he, from yeah. like 30 yeah. odd yards? Oh, I haven't seen that really. That's that that pretty good. Yeah. That, that, that it was like pretty 35 good. yards or something. It was yeah. a good distance, and he, he did it no problem at all. We're in street clothes as well, not even like yeah, in the gear. Yeah, yeah. What do we think of Oscar's comments about Liam Smith being the most popular fighter in the UK? <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> I don't hate many people more than Oscar. So <laughs> yeah, and, um, he can't he that some playlist, doesn't he? Bless him. That, that, that comic kind of sealed, I think, his behaviour after the Canelo... Um, fuck. Who did Canelo beat when um, Golovkin came to the ring? Wasn't Khan. Kato? Khan. Oh, Khan, yeah. After his behaviour, I find it hard to warm to De La Hoya. Um, Liam Smith, I think, if he walked into a pub and ordered a pint, I would barely recognise him. I don't think half the public recognise him either. I, I think in Liverpool, we'd, you know, he'd, he'd draw some attention. Yeah. I think down in London, I think if he, you know, went across the road into my local, there, no one would spot. So let's let's talk about a little bit about Liam Smith. So I'm, personally, I think Liam Smith is probably the most talented of the brothers. Yeah. I, I think yeah. uh, Callum Smith. I think Gets the hype, remained it? to be seen. Yeah, and do we think that's is it purely down to the fact that he hasn't got the Sky machine yes. behind him because exactly of his that. loyalty? and He's stuck with Frank. Exactly that. Yeah, it's exactly that. For, you know. Box Nation's a wicked channel, you know, it's wicked, they pick up everything, you know, that, that Sky don't want, and uh, it's just a shame that they don't have enough avenues to advertise to build people into big stars like Sky do, hmm. and Sky Sports News is such a huge thing for them, it's such a great benefit to them. Um, Smith, I, I, think Smith's, I think Smith's a good fighter, I do, but this is a huge step up. Oh yeah, absolutely. Massive yeah. step. He's <coughs> he's not really beat, you know, what's his best win? Is it John Thompson, the guy beat for the mm. for the title? I'd probably say it's him because that guy looked pretty de- he looked pretty decent and then Liam Smith kind of took over and got 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 rid of him. Um it's a huge step up. Um what do you expect to see? What what do you expect to see? Is is it going to be the same old from from a from a from a, from a, from a Joe Gallagher fighter where it's kind of it's match it for as much as you can wait for him to gas and then try and do something I think it's going to be a classic um, Joe Gallagher fighter abroad in America I think he's going to get completely outclassed mm. and stopped no, I mean, I've, I've not seen Smith fight before to my eternal shame so, so it's hard to really give, give any analysis but you know what, it's it. a good point though because again if you look at if that was, this was any other Smith brother fighting it yeah. Paul included yeah. <laughs> yeah. imagine the and the, the back the backing that it would have and this would be you know, this would be on every on Sky Sports News app yeah. popping up in your notifications all the time. So, yeah. it's, you know, it's but it's an interesting fight because the division started to wake up a little bit. The Charlo 
Tyler Brothers have won won a title. Demetrius Andrade is back in the the frame now, and I think he'd be probably the best opponent out there. I think he'd be the best opponent out there for for Canelo. Could even maybe beat him, who knows? Yeah, Yeah, I think he's a live body. So I think. is still around too. I know he's boring, but he's still around. It's an interesting division, and if Smith puts up a good show against Canelo, maybe he can still get those fights. Yeah. And the people fighting the likes of those and fighting for another title. Yeah. If he if he gets starched in four or five rounds, which I don't think I don't expect him to, mm. then maybe he won't. But I think if he puts up a good show, yeah. then I think people in America will want to want to see him. He seems personable in the little interviews I've seen of him, and I yeah, don't see why. Yeah. He really is a good fighter. It's just it's almost the unknown. It's okay. We've seen you at a certain level. You're stepping up now. He could either look amazing and, and be on Canelo's level, or he could be found wanting be interesting to see yeah I, I think you're Best right to him, yeah absolutely absolutely I think uh, you know like I said we've got so we've got that coming up September you know we've, we'll talk about this on another point but we've got Crawler coming up in September my oh, boy nice. Crawler my yeah. boy who else is on the card now so you've got uh, Jose Burton versus Frank Buglioni that's a good fight um, and you've got oh god I can't remember the this other the geese is fighting for the title he's fighting for the title English fighter has seven fights it's yeah not, it's not right but no, it's no, not. oh no! You mean Charlie Edwards? That's the no, name. No, that's on the that's on the Brook that's undercards. The Brooke. Yeah. Oh fuck! I was on the other one. No, no, it's on Charlie's fighting on the Brook undercard. Yeah. Okay. So this is his ninth professional fight okay. against a two weight world champion. Yeah, and I think it's so far, people say about a ninth fight on a bit of a tangent here, but they talk about you know ninth fight fighting for a world title. It's a little bit different down at those weights. It is. I'm yes. thinking, it yeah. Is. The, the depth isn't so much. You've got a new A over in you know. Over in Asia, who's really kicking ass at the minute. Everybody. So what's that? That's fly... Flyweight. 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 Yeah. Casemiro is fighting. Yeah. 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 So it's the, the depth isn't so much, especially in Europe. And it's, yeah. You know, there's not so many flyways, so it's hard for them to get flights. No, we've... it's also easier for them to get belts. Yeah. We've got, on, on the corner one, you've got, like I said, Buglione and Jose Burton for the... Um, British for the British title, which I love a British title fight, as I know you that's do. Light so heavy, that's isn't it? Be, um, light heavy, yeah. Is that his first fight? That light heavy. He had the fight on the Eubank undercard. Yeah, yeah, that we saw against. Oh, I, I find I don't want to talk too much about it, but I, I would love for somebody to tell me what the criteria is for a British title fight. Well, it seems to change all the time now. It seems to be whatever suits. Like yeah. Quill the other day, and Quill was, Quill was, you know, he put on a good show against Nurse. But what did he do to deserve a British title fight? But but then, but then saying that, sorry, I'll just say, but saying that, they tried, Matchroom tried like hell to try and make that white Allen fight a British title. Yeah. <laughs> British yeah. title fight. And they, and they said no, and they said you're going to have to fight um, Sam, Sam Sexton. Yeah. So, you know, that's. Well, look, at, look at Eubank Jr., we were going to talk about him anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. He's going he's to fight um, Langford, who fought, Langford, he fought, yeah. he fought just the other day. Um, I think Eddie Hearn feels he's made a mistake not fighting Golovkin. I think he's left it to Barry to deal with. Yeah. Probably at the end of his tether. But. I think now I've had time to kind of take it on board. I think he wasn't really ready for Golovkin, and yeah. I feel that maybe Senior saw that and took a bit of a side step. It made yeah. him sound like a bit silly, but yeah, Senior, yeah, it did make him a little bit silly because they got right to the point where yeah. it was time to sign, yeah. and then. Do you think do you, you think it's just a question of of minds being changed late on, rather than it was always a bit of a publicity? I think I, I think he real. I think Eubank Senior went for it, then he kind of realised that. Um, Maybe maybe he's not ready. I mean, choosing commentators. Who the fuck does that? Who does that? Yeah, that's exactly. And doubling, you know, they wanted double the ticket price structure than they had for people like Joshua. And I mean, if Joshua and Fury fought, and Fury said that, that's that's the biggest fight in in the country. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. Eubank v Golovkin. It's not quite. It's a massive fight for me because I love Eubank yeah. and Golovkin to bits. But I don't think he can demand. No, we we talked. I mean, we talked last night about the whole about 
you know, with Eubank and 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 what's and what's happened with and how Kelbrook has ended up with the fight. I mean, what do we what do we think about him going down and, and wanting now, as it seems that Eubank wants to go down and def- and, and and win the British title outright? That's something that we should be happy about. Well, his dad never done it, so I guess it's something. I guess maybe something he wants to do. Um, I might have said it seven in the last, but I've got to stop doing this. Um, that Eubank has plenty of time on his side. I mean, he's not he's not twenty one, mm. but he's got. I mean, the Golovkin fight still be there. I don't think Golovkin's going to lose against Brook. I don't think he'll lose against the opponent after that. So, the fight's not gone. So I don't think he's lost that much really. So he'll and go he, down he, and fight Tommy Langford now. Yeah. This is what's going to Tommy Langford, and then they're looking. Apparently, this is this is not confirmed, but this is what. Um, uh, uh, it seems it seems to have been said from from Matchroom side of things that looking at then Martin Murray after that. I yeah, mean, I don't hate that. I know, I know Alex hates that fight, but it's not it's not a bad fight. I think uh, Martin Murray's become a bit of a gatekeeper now, isn't he? Yeah. I'm just sick of Martin Murray. I just find him <laughs> boring as fuck. <laughs> does it doesn't knock people out. It doesn't hit hard. It just takes a lot of takes a lot of punishment. Yeah. I had a bit of a rant about Martin Murray a few pods ago, and it is, he's he's dined out on losing to old champions, and he's yeah. not. Really I hate people who do that, and I always. Whenever I have a boxing debate with someone and they talk about somebody, Mike Tyson's my favourite, I yeah. always say, what's his best win? Whenever you talk about a fighter, tell me what their best win is, and that's what I'd say about Martin Murray. What's if the best fighter is on your CV, you're losing to all of them, like three or four of them, yeah. then maybe you're just not quite at that level. But sure. Tommy Langford's actually a Commonwealth champion, so I guess there's two belts yeah, on the line. Not, just, not that you Virginia will give a fuck about a Commonwealth belt. but Yeah, I mean, I just very, very quickly, because time's moving on, but I just want to very talk, quickly talk about that that British title. So in that same interview when when um, Eddie Hearn, for example, was talk, was talking about going back down and fighting for the British title, he was talking about you know the British title. In the conversation that he was having, was it sounded like he was devaluing that 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 British title. It's not something that people get excited about and what fans want to see boxers do. I, I disagree with that. I love so a British title fight, and I, I think it's something that if someone decides to go and win it outright, look, the way Eubank's going to end up defending it outright is probably there's other discussions to have, but. I think that actually going and winning a British title outright is, is something that we should push for fighters to do. Is that right? I, I think, again, I think Sky and Eddie Hearn, they have a responsibility to the, to the British title and, to, again, to educate their audience. The British title is as good as they want it to be. If you say Absolutely, things, it's a great If you point. say things that it's, it's no-one's interested, people aren't going to be interested. If you go... Uh, what Joshua worked for the British title, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I think so. Joshua White, British title. You make the British title about the fight, you know. It's as big as you want it to be, really. Um, I think, you know, British fighters, me, one of my big bugbears is where British fighters will jack in the British title and fight for a WBO international title. But they I want get a rank. But it's the ranking, though, isn't it? I get it. I the get ranking it. is king. Yeah. yeah I and it's shit. But, but I, I think if you, if you, if you, especially if you're a ticket seller, if you're a ticket seller and you're beating people, you will get the rankings anyway. Mm. Because Joshua, um, for example, he hadn't done anything for the WBO, but he was ranked by the WBO. David Hay, he hasn't done anything for the WBA, and I think he's ranked by the WBA. Yeah. He hasn't won a belt or anything. You can get there by selling tickets and winning big fights anyway. But he beat, to be fair to Hay, he beat a ranked opponent. Well, Damori, yeah. maybe lowly ranked, but he was ranked. But he wasn't ranked the week before the fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> it's all it's all very much chess, isn't it? I think if if you sell enough tickets and you beat good fighters, I think you can carry on defending the British. I, yeah. I don't know. I think it's as big as, as Sky. And I think that's a great point. Yeah, and I think and I think that's right. I think people who have, uh, who are who are boxing fans and, and want to become you know more involved with the sport, sport, sport I think have a have a duty to to push for British title fights and good British title fights as well. So yeah, it's a good point. So another thing coming up this month is the Olympics. Yeah. Yep, this week. 
So what are we? Uh, that four years has gone quick. It has it really gone quick, really has. Because I, I went to the last, I went to the last Olympics. Um, I saw Joshua. I saw Go Go, and that uh, seems like five minutes ago. And now here we are. Did you see Luke again. Campbell? I did not see Luke Campbell. I'm mm-hmm. No, I just saw them, and I saw uh, Joseph Diaz Jr. Fuck me, his sister was fit. She was sat right. <laughs> like, oh his sisters were sat there. I was like, oh, oh, yeah. shut my pearl. Shut up, the pal. Um, so, I mean, we've got a couple of things with the, with the Olympics. So, you know, we, we talked about pros being allowed the first time in the last pod, so we don't yeah. want to go too much over that again. But, you know, what what memories of the Olympics, you know, past have you had? What sort of memories stick out for you in terms of Olympic, my Olympic first, contests? My first Olympic memory was Woodhall fighting Roy Jones. Do you know what? And I watched that not so long ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my first ever memory of that. Um, I mean, Jones was just an absolute masterclass, but it was amazing for... For GBT, another boxer at the Olympic in those days. I think the following Olympics was Robin Reed, was the only Brit at that Olympics. Yes. So now you've got like a squad of like 10 or 12 back then, it's just one fighter you'd have, you know, and um, all the commentary would be behind him. But no, my earliest memory was, uh, was that, and probably Roy Jones getting shafted in the final, famously, yeah. as well. Korean chat, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but Olympic memories, I think a lot of them will be based around, around the last Olympics. I mean, I'm doing a bit of reading up. I think the the US team of 1984 was pretty famous, and then the US these days are are a shadow of what they were back then, yeah. which is a real which is a real shame because everyone watches them for the US fighters and yeah yeah exactly the earliest thing I can think of is Audley. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm oh, so happy! Such a huge deal. I was so happy, it? Yeah. and it was such a huge deal for him, especially at that weight as well, yeah. super heavyweight because it is the money division. Yeah. You know? Um, and it was he was on all over the TV shows, fucking Noel Edmonds, fucking house party and all that <laughs> shit. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He was doing the rounds, and then you know, and he did a lot for the for the amateur game after that. And you know, the, the, the facility they got up in Nottingham now. And it's interesting because they were saying about um, who was it that I was reading the other day? I can't, I can't remember who it was. It might have been it might have been some of the the 2012 team. I think it might have been. Um, uh, I think it might have been Luke Campbell actually saying, you know, look, Audley can sometimes get a little bit, of, can get a bit of stick from all types of angles. But you know, I, I wouldn't have been at 2012 if it hadn't been for for Audley. You know, he, he's what he's done and what we've ex- experienced moving forward is, is you've, you've got to give a huge amount of credit to him for him for how it's progressed. You know, with Rob McCracken. The Bracken was the Bracken wasn't always there. Yeah, you got people like Foch and Hay who probably thought they should have gone to an Olympics and they didn't quite make it. So. Yeah. Maybe if if Foch and Hay were amateurs now, mm. they'd be at the Olympics. Same with Ricky Hatton, he is another good amateur. Coming at the Olympics didn't quite happen, turned pro. So, so yeah, I mean, I think I think Team GP have come a long, long way, yeah, very, very long way. And what's do we have any particular hopes, targets of, of an Olympics? Everybody I mean, says you know about what, Joe Joyce. I've yeah, been hearing about yeah. Joe Joyce for the longest. I yeah. remember when Steve Bunce used to do a BBC podcast years ago, and he was talking about Joe Joyce then. You know, so I think he's the one that stands out for everyone. I hope Nicola Adams retains. Yeah, absolutely. I, because I yeah. loved her in the last one. She's in the running to to be actually carrying the flame. So I heard this oh, morning. Oh, that'd be awesome! Yeah, because I, I out of all the boxers last time, she was my favourite by far. Really? I she was so good. She yeah. was really my kind of fighter. Just really in and out, really fast hands, great feet. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, there's Katie Taylor as well. She barely scraped through though this time. Yeah. Normally she, she qualifies comfortably. And there was a lot again, Scott. Um, Sky had a little push on on her as well. When just before ringside finished up, um, I remember there was quite there was a couple of features on on Katie Taylor as well. So I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see to see where it goes. I'm, I'm really looking forward to 
to to watching it. I, I wasn't in the country for twenty uh, London twenty twelve ones. Unfortunately, so I got I missed a lot of it. But no, I think it'd be good. Also, another thing about quickly about Olympics is. Will we see? We're going to have the next influx of the you yeah. know Olympic medalists and stuff that will then go on and 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 Eddie sign pro. Pick them all up. You know, Joe Joyce is going to be excited. Yeah, he's about thirty years old now. Though. He's a bit of a Ray Mercer, isn't he? He's yeah. amateur till very very late on. Do we, and I think uh, I think what we've seen again again we didn't talk about Luke Campbell over the weekend, but we've seen how fortunes can be mixed going from Olympics in, into the programme. We've had people like you know James DeGale has gone on and won a world title. Well, look, look, look at Andrew Selby. I think he. He, he didn't. I think he was fought in the last Olympics, didn't he? Mm. And he was going to fight again, and all the politics stopped him from fighting. Um, but now, as you said, there's going to be a lot of stars. I think there's, there's year five fighting again. One of the year five brothers is fighting again. Um, but it's all about it's all about the the blue ribbon weights, which is the heavyweight, really. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. So. We've kind of uh, pretty much come to the end of the show. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. We're going to keep it nice and tight. Yeah, no, we don't need to keep uh, going over old ground. We've got plenty of stuff to discuss coming up. Yeah. Can't wait for our bumper crawler episode. We're going to just do an hour. <laughs> <laughs> just talk about crawler. <laughs> yeah. Go fight by fight. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to talk about the Matthews fight, then I'll walk up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so, again, thanks everyone for listening. We really appreciate it and for, for downloading. Again, just a reminder, at below the belt underscore on Twitter and facebook.com forward slash B2B pod. Get involved. Subscribe, rate, comment, review, all that good business. Boxing Monthly. Boxing Monthly, number one premier magazine. Get it in there. Yes. See you later. Next time. Podcast Network.